Welcome to We Have Spoken, Season 3, Episode 3. This is the podcast discussing our favorite Star Wars show, The Mandalorian. In this episode, we'll be discussing Chapter 19, The Convert, written by John Favreau and Noah Clore, and directed by Lee Isaac Chung. Uh, it aired on March 15, 2023, exclusively on Disney+, and we're recording this on March 16th. My name is Dennis, and think of me as your yellow travel biscuit on this journey. With me, as always, is my prequel apologist. It's Ricky. Yellow travel biscuit. Yellow travel biscuit. Does that mean you're going to show up at my uh, door unannounced? I'm just going to do whatever you need me to do for this episode, you know? That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Welcome back. This is episode three. Uh, how are we doing so far? Pretty good. It's a nine episode season, right? This is it is, nine? God damn it. I thought it was nine eight. eight. Is it I eight? thought it was eight. They're usually eight. Um, I'm hoping for eight. More uh, than a fourth of the way there. The editing job begs for this to be eight, just so you know. <laughs> um, and uh, let's before I complain more about the editing, I'm just going to get our guest out here so that we can all uh, you can all bask in my in my misery. Um, he's uh, our he's uh, Ricky and I uh, our dungeon master for Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, he's actually quite a huge Star Wars nerd as well. Uh, he knows a lot about Star Wars, so I'm pretty happy to have him here tonight. Uh, welcome, Brian. Yay. Hey, guys. What's uh, up, Brian? Two things. Is it, is it all right if I'm still here if this is not my favorite Star Wars uh, show? Yes. Um, as long as your favorite's Andor. Yeah. yeah I, don't, okay. I, don't yeah. Know, I don't know that if you watched the first episode of this show uh, two weeks ago, but we had a long discussion about that. And there's a technicality. There's a big asterisk to it now. Um, obviously, Mandor is the most, or sorry, Andor is the most grown up. <laughs> it's the most grown up Star Wars show ever, uh, and it's badass for that, right? Uh, Andor is not sustainable. It's not. We all know right. that it's going to come and go, and it, and we'll always cherish it. But the point of the Mandalorian is to exist forever and to exist in a way that entertains not just you and I and Ricky, yeah. but your children as well and stuff. And so this is going to be the star Wars that is remembered for this generation and other generations to go, whether or not, right. you know, and for that, I do appreciate everything it gives me because of that. Mm -hmm. Right. I, 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 hopefully, I don't have to keep explaining that to every guest every week. No, no. But, but and, yeah. and I was going to say the second thing was there was a question last week about the uh, dark saber having a kyber crystal, and it does. So yes. there you go, Ricky. We, yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I I knew it did. I just knew that in my notes, Frank wanted to bitch about kyber crystals, and so I was just trying to get past that as fast as possible. Um, I, That's what like, makes a lightsaber a lightsaber, right? Like that. Yeah. The, yes. That but again, again, the dark saber is not a lightsaber, but <laughs> but it does have a kyber crystal. So I just like trolling you. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, uh, before I get further into talking with Brian, I do want to get all the formalities out of the way. One last introduction that always has to happen. Uh, we have our fabulous producer Lindsay bringing balance to the force behind the scenes. She's always giving me the notes. And she's always trying her best to keep those dogs silent. Uh, but if they're not, I we'll will try my bathroom. best to edit them in post. I will. 
Um, I cut I cut like three out of four dog barks out of last week's episode. It was, it was pretty, I was pretty <laughs> proud of myself. Pretty proud of myself. Uh, one of them was right when I was talking, and I was like, well, that's staying in well, there. He had an opinion against yours. That's why. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, but yeah, Brian, before we before we get into this, you've never been on this show. You've been on our other show, uh, Den Excelsior, several times. And I think we're going to have you on uh, later in the month uh, to talk about Dungeons & Dragons because we're just doing whatever the hell we want on that show. Um, yeah. But uh, for this show, I kind of like having everybody talk about their relationships to Star Wars. And so for the people who have been recurring guests, I've been asking them, what is your new relationship with star wars since the last time the mandalorian came but for you i kind of want to just know your relationship in general and then you can add the extra part if you want at the end uh sure i mean um as long as i can remember i've been a star wars fan the first movie i remember seeing in theaters was empire um and i remember being scared uh out of my mind uh during the attack on hoth um because i was four or five at the time and that is legitimately scary to a four or five year old uh and then went through the desert of content in the 80s uh <laughs> i'm one of those people who who watched the like ewoks cartoon and the other spin-off shows because that was all you got um, it's got books in there too. There was an Ewoks live action miniseries with Wilford yeah. Brimley as well, and it was not very good. The diabetes guy, right? Yeah, I mean, I got into the all the um, expanded universe stuff um, and read all of uh, the Kevin J. Anderson books, which uh, he kept repeating the same plot points over and over in every trilogy he wrote, and uh, watched as the escalation of uh, galaxy destroying weapons kept getting one upped, and thought. Well, maybe it's a good thing when when they scrap the old EU. At least we won't have planet killing super weapons anymore as every <laughs> plot point. And and then Force Awakened. I mean, well, I mean, we did avoid it in the prequels. I'll give the prequels that they did not just rehash. You got plot trade points. disputes. Yeah. Trade Federation <laughs> disputes. Yes. Diplomatic. Yeah. Diplomatic. Um, and I'll say debate. the Clone Wars. Uh, of the newer stuff of the stuff since like the mid nineties, I think the clone wars may be one of my favorite things that's come out of that, uh, because it really did allow for a, a deepening and an appreciation of the, the prequels. Yeah. I really feel like the clone wars wasn't just that it was just like, it was George Lucas's vision, like realized finally, yeah. you know, like, uh, because he had a great team of people to help him. Like, you know, we've all seen like the behind the scenes of like the Phantom Menace, how like he was just surrounded by yes men, yeah. right? Like, they just all said, yeah, this is great. This is great. You know? And like, I don't feel like that's what the Clone Wars was. I feel like that was an actual Clone Wars. No, it was experience. It's by, yeah. by committee for sure. Yeah. yeah George and, needs and an editor. <laughs> he does. And he, and he's great when he does get edited yeah. like hard. And so I think what's really awesome about the Clone Wars is he took it upon himself or maybe Dave Filoni took it upon himself to make him his understudy in this whole grand saga. And so, like, it's really cool because when George finally stepped away from Star Wars and got billions of dollars or whatever, however much it was, <laughs> um, it wasn't left. We weren't left without a caretaker. Right. Like, right. like Dave Filoni gets this shit. Whether or not we always like the things, the choices Dave Filoni makes, 
I still I, I I'm okay with it because I feel like this is in line with the kind of shit George Lucas did. You know what I mean? So well, what's fun is he they're now he has flown. He has his people now. Right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it, it's it's fun to see the, the trickle down and how. But George, John Favreau is not a bad people to have in your corner. No, you know I mean? no, like that's, that's a great guy to have in your corner to get really yeah. cool people to play but with Star Wars. I will say, I, I think, when, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit more, but Mandalorian is frustrating in some ways having seen Rebels. And having seen sort of the character development and the personalities that he was able to create there, I don't feel like it's really gelled yet in The Mandalorian. Yeah, I, I think, well, yes, I won't disagree with you. I think The Mandalorian uh, has a different pace that it's going for for, for, for establishing character. I think they have a much more limited amount of time, right? Every season yeah. of Clone Wars was like, you know, 24 episodes except for the last season, right? I think. It's like, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I it's don't say, I feel like lowest con- common denominators sounds bad, but it needs to, it's the biggest pop, right? Of all the shows. It's not a, it, it's, you get a lot of no. bang and bang for your buck in that show in uh, terms of audience versus the other ones. I think that's because it's nuanced though. I don't think it's I don't think it's as as pop as you make it sound. I think there is a lot going on in the silence, right? There's a lot of silence in the Mandalorian where mm-hmm. you're just watching and experiencing stuff and you can interpret a lot from that silence and I think that's what makes it really a a, a piece of art, right? Like it's it's not just uh commercial you know, commercially acceptable uh, media like it happens to be because it has all the flash and bang of star wars but there's some really cool story that happens it just doesn't happen at the speed that we would like it to because it took freaking two and a half years to get another season well, and so yeah. you get a little more frustrated you know like you get frustrated kind of like rick and morty right like it's it's frustrating how long we have to go between seasons of that and i wish they would find the cadence to get that, and I know that shows on its own can of worms. I just you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you got to stop referencing See, that one. <laughs> I, I'm an old Venture Brothers fan, so that doesn't bother me as much. I think I'm an old I, Venture Brothers fan too, and it does yeah. bother me because of that. <laughs> well, so I think here's my here's my Mandalorian conspiracy theory, and I don't think I've shared this. I think one of the things that hampers it is Disney's interference from time to time, and the fact that. They, I think they, they keep them from telling some of the stuff like we saw with Andor, right? As soon as, as soon as Grogu became the pop culture sensation, everything is sort of tailored around that aspect and that relationship. And I think I it, think, I think they knew he was going to be that though. I don't think they th- thought it was going to hit as as he hit much as big. it did. A baby Yoda. I mean, I think that was a. Like you could see that puppet and yeah, know the yeah. magic. Is right? it a safe bet? Sure, but yeah, is it's it a safe. Is bet. it a I mean, ringer that it's that been? Thing is crazy. Think. Like I drop my kid off at kindergarten, and I swear a quarter of any given day of parents are wearing the child or Mandalorian stuff, and these are like 
basic ass white people from Orange County. Like <laughs> these are not nerds. Yeah, I mean your soccer moms and yeah, your tech tech. Brands. Yes, he's definitely part of the zeitgeist, right? Like he's definitely like everyone knows him. Like my aunt got me a Grogu shirt for for Christmas. And she doesn't know what it is. She just got it for me because she knew it was Star Wars and that I would like it. And I thought that was funny, you know. Um, so yeah, I get that. I get that you're you're seeing your 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 feeling is that Disney watches this one closely, and I don't think you're wrong in that and I, sense. And I think it makes the storytelling safer. Um, like yes. one of the things I really appreciate about Rebels was as that series went on legitimately any of the core characters could have been killed off and <laughs> and, the, and they were yeah they were. <laughs> right and and or yeah. horribly maimed i don't think or both or both yeah yeah you're <laughs> telling me grogu's not dying actually no. i think we're thinking of the same character who got horribly yeah, yeah. maimed and then killed yeah, right um so but yes no i think rebels like anytime you're operating in a space like that you know where it's like less eyes on you yeah. There's obviously more freedom, you know, but like, I don't think they were in any, I don't think they were a disillusioned to know that when they started making the first live action, big budget Star Wars TV show ever, that there was going to be a lot more eyes on them than, than yeah. when they were making Clone Wars or Rebels. And stuff. Right. So, but, but you can do, you can do that, have eyes on you and still take risks. I mean, again, <laughs> Andor has sort of shown that with that big thing, but I think yeah. Because of the demographic that Grogu has sort of drawn in, I I think they're, they they're they're sort of airing more on the safe stuff. I I hope I'm wrong. I hope we were talking about maybe this turns into like a you know full on cult weird. Well, no, I mean I don't think it ever will. I I think yeah. I think the the truth is 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 you're right in a sense that um, it's not that. It's no accident that they pulled in the demographic that they pull in, right? Yeah. Like the reason I'm saying that this show will exist in pop culture way longer than Andor ever will is because it was specifically geared to target all the same people that all of it's, the previous Star Wars uh, movies were. The California role for right. someone who's never had sushi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Star Wars bet. Star Wars has always been meant to target an entire mm-hmm. uh cross-section of yeah. you know of, of families of families yeah. it's supposed to be family oriented the, the so while we geek out when we get a rogue one or an andor we have to accept that those are the exceptions to the rule you know what i mean like those aren't those aren't what we're gonna get all the time and so we, we cherish them but star wars is meant for everybody and yeah, that's no. and that's you know that's I, why ricky and i do this show yeah, and I'm not trying like, to be gatekeeper here. I just I think it's it's odd that some of the plot lines that we know are likely coming, I'm a little bit worried that they're going to be toned down or you know made more yeah. family friendly. Like I said, uh, I still always believe the armor is the biggest villain of the show. I don't think she'll be revealed as the biggest villain of the show until the ratings have tanked on this show so far that nobody cares anymore. And season four. Like, it's already written. Season 18. Season they'll, do 18. It, they'll do it in the next book of Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just won't happen until it, like people don't care. Or or somehow, weirdly, the show will get canceled before it ever gets to end. And then Dave Filoni on his deathbed will release like 
the final storyline, which was the armorer was going to kill Mando. And, no, know, the like, armorer is going to sacrifice Grogu to raise like a, an a army demon. of Mandalorians. Grogu yeah. is the new ma- uh, Mandalore. Yes, something like that. But in any case, like, uh, I think if anybody listening hasn't gotten the sense that Brian cares deeply about Star Wars, then I don't know what you were doing for the last 17 years. Hey, man, <laughs> Trek uh, for life. No. Yes. Well, <laughs> you can like both, though. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I think uh, Star Trek is a lot better about putting out content. I think they put out content they found a pretty, that works for them. pretty vigorously. Whether or not it's all good content is debatable. Uh, but man, do they put out content, and I, I appreciate them for that. Uh, I'm actually going to go the third way here and say I really wish we had a quality Stargate show out there right now, too. That's sort of my <laughs> oddball. Where do you stand on Babylon 5? I've never really been able to get into it. You know, I was, I was like that to me. because that was on TV back when you and I were that yeah. age. Um, I never got into it then. But I worked with so many people that insisted on it. And on top of that, you know, you know, J. Michael Straczynski is just one of my favorite uh, yeah, yeah. comic book authors or writers. I finally dug down and I binged that show a few years ago. I think I think around pandemic time, beginning of it. It's pretty damn good, Brian. The, the, know, the, I've, the, I've the seen video it. quality is bad. The acting is kind of bad. If you if you fulfill <laughs> the story. Oh, yeah. No, the, the, the story's good. good. Uh, but I, Babylon Five is one of those things where it it was sort of a one and done, and and they didn't really try to to expand out the universe. I mean, if we're talking we did, sci-fi, though. there's tons of movies and, and yeah, series yeah, but, and stuff like that. I'm, I yeah. mean, like your average TV watcher isn't getting novels and direct to video. Oh, and all I that. see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, give it a shot if you ever if you ever yeah. are really bored. Uh, Babylon Five is what I would. What if I was watching the Sci-Fi Channel back in the day and I saw that on instant click, click away? You switched no over to Andromeda. Yep, switched over to something else. <laughs> that Anyways. was the one with Kevin Sorbo, right? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting in the weeds, guys. Yeah, we're getting yeah. in the weeds. I'm gonna bring it back. I'm gonna bring it back. Uh, we are here to talk about uh, the newest episode of Mandalorian, episode three. So I think. We should probably just do that uh, so that we can stop dancing around it. Um, So the first thing I'm going to say is for anybody who has been listening and has not watched the episode, we love you. You're great. Uh, Thank you so much for doing that. But probably uh, turn this off. Go watch the show. Then come back because we're going to spoil it right now. Cool. Um, It's it's I promise you'll enjoy it more if you watch it then watch this. Um, all right. With that said, you guys know what I like to do. I like to give a little elevator pitch. Uh, it's it's a little sassy sometimes, a little sassy elevator pitch. Uh, but, you know, just to really briefly describe what we just watched. Um, here it is. This is the one that will lose every comparison to episode three of The Last of Us, but still works in the context of the Mando. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, it's funny. We had Frank on the show last week and uh, we did the soapbox afterwards, which is the, the show we usually do on Friday nights uh, live uh, just to kind of do an after show of Den Excelsior or, or whatever we're doing on Friday nights. And uh, it's just blow off steam and talk about whatever. And he really wanted to talk to La- about Last of Us with us on that one. And he's like, he's he's very, he's got a very strong 
passionate love for The Last of Us as a game. And so he's very conflicted about the TV show because he loves it and hates it at the same time for everything wrong and, and uh, in both ways. But he was funny because he referred to the episode three as, you know, easily one of the, some of the best acting he's ever seen, period, writing, all that stuff. But at the same time, it really insulted him that it was a, quote, filler episode of The Last of Us. And I had an argument with him about, like, I don't like the kind of the connotation of the term filler because it implies that it had nothing to do with the main story. Right. And I think even if, like, if it doesn't actually, even if it doesn't focus around the main characters, if it still thematically fits with the story, I think there's a hard argument to be made that it's a filler. I, I I see where you're going here and how it relates to this episode. And, and I would say, you know, in response to that, that episode of Last of Us isn't, I wouldn't call it filler because it's world building. Right. It's it's filling out a world that that has not really been all that well um, filled in yet. We'll see if this episode does this. Yeah, it's all hindsight. But it may or may not. But I don't know that Star Wars needs a world building episode. But I did say it will lose every comparison to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean. (laughs) I did say that, as, but as someone who loves eclairs, I have no problem with filler. So <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right, well then, uh, let's uh, let's get into the actual spoilers of it all. Uh, I'm going to give the full recap of the episode as fast as I can for anybody that needs that refresher of what occurred. Uh, here we go. Uh, first up, rattled by what she saw in the living waters, Bo-Katan politely rushes Din, Grogu, and R5 back to Kalevala. Uh, to pick up their ship, only to be intercepted by a fleet of Thai interceptors. <laughs> see what I did there? I see. Um, they got to do the thing that they're named for. I was pretty <laughs> happy about that. I was like, yo, they're actually intercepting. And I the never see them did too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bo-Katan is forced to flee with Din after reinforcements show up and destroy her home. Uh, and then the rest of the episode is does not follow them for a long time, but I'm going to sum- summarize it in two sentences. Meanwhile, on Coruscant, a remorseful Dr. Pershing hopes to make amends via the alliances, or sorry, the New Republic uh, Alliance's amnesty program. Unfortunately for him, a former crewmate of his, uh, uh, from Moff Gideon's ship, uh, Elia Kane, sets him up to fail and have his mind wiped of all precious cloning secrets. Uh, and then back to the uh, Mando and and uh, Bo-Katan. In the final scene, we rejoin them as they arrive at the covert, the, the covert, where Din and Bo are both welcomed into the fold after proving that they had bathed in the living waters and conveniently have not removed their helmets since. They drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> and, and yeah, I think Bo-Katan is uh, at least playing along for now. Yeah, I... So here's what I get. Here's here's my take on that. Um, we're gonna start, we're gonna start there. We should start there. Yeah, uh, I feel I, like it's I two separate of, stories. I think it's kind of it's kind of a cool thing to start there. Um, uh, we'll we'll call this we'll we'll say that we're in the light side dark side of this because I actually really loved um, that that section of uh, or that that little ending of the episode because it really felt like she's I, in a uh, a pickle, right? 
well, no, the biggest of pickles. She's going through some shit right now because uh, she was the cynical, like, yeah, all right, whatever, man, Mythosaur. And uh, all of a sudden, she saw a god. She's yeah. having a crisis of faith, right? Because <laughs> yeah. because you got to remember, and 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 by the way, this is the perfect time for somebody like the armorer to latch on to somebody like this. This person, think about the context of where Bo Katan is, right? Yeah. She was the leader of the Mandalorian people until Moff Gideon showed up, kicked her ass, and took her dark saber, right? Then she was leading a small band of Mandalorians who still believed in her, and they were going to go and find Darth Gideon, or sorry, Moff Gideon, kick his ass and get this sword back. Things went a little wrong when she tried to join up with the Mando and they were going to do each their plan, right? But it didn't go according to plan because Moff Gideon expected her. So instead, he went, fought Mando. Mando got the sword. And now what's she supposed to do? She doesn't want to kill the guy whose mission was to save a kid, right? Like, that's not that's not cool. It's not, it's not cool. So what she do when he try, he tries so hard to give her that sword too. And she says, no, bro, I'm not going to take the sword from you, but I can't have the sword. If you, if it's one, unless it's one out of combat. Well, and so, she's clearly better attuned to it too, right? We've exactly. seen that repeatedly now. Yeah. She, she can rock that sword. We know she can. It's meant for her. She but is here's meant the, to be the leader, but, but here's the thing. She's not. And so right. what happens? All of the rest of her followers abandon her. And she just ends up moping around for who knows how many years <laughs> sitting on that throne in the coolest way ever, by the way. I've never seen somebody sit on Two years. Two way. or three years. Yeah, yeah two or three years. Doesn't want to be bothered. I mean, she's got like a basically a princess castle, right? Or a queen castle, whatever yeah. you want to call it. She's got a pretty dope castle on Kalevala. But she's got no followers. And and she's pretty bummed about this. So she's so bummed that this season Mando goes to visit her and she's not having it. She doesn't want anything to do with it, you know, but she's not a horrible person. So when Grogu comes to her door because he's clearly his dad is injured, she goes to save him and she insists, bro, you're so stupid. You're so stupid. I don't know why you got to go down in these mines. These mines are dumb. There's nothing there. The water's not sacred. There ain't no mythosaurs. None of this matters. It's all bullshit. And man, when she goes down in that water, her brain is just thrown for a loop. Well, so can also, you blame her? Let's can not forget that she had spent the previous time with Din talking and with Grogu basically remembering these traditions and remembering yeah. her father and... And, you know, oh, man, the look she gave him when he said this is the way, yeah. right? That hit her hard in the fields. And she, she, she's like, bro, this guy gets it. My dad died defending Coruscant because that is the way. And, yeah, all and of this is happening being a Mandalorian is being a hard-ass son of a bitch, not the person who sits on a throne and mopes all the time. So, yeah. yeah. But and she, I and don't then know if it's a complete 180, though. Like, I mean, it's... No, but she's going through some shit. She, what you just what you just saw and you're trying to rationalize it and so she hasn't had a second to rationalize it i just want to point out she has not had a moment to herself to process all of this information so so much so that the person who's famous on this show 
for showing her damn Katie Sackoff face, didn't even have time to take her helmet off. She has not taken her helmet off since she pulled him out of the water, right? And because of that, she's wondering, is is this, like, is this happenstance? Or is it, is it, is there more to it? Is it serendipitous, right? Is there something happening here that is outside of my control and my reasoning? And that is why when she's presented with an entire covert of people that are willing to openly embrace her just because she bathed in the waters and forgot to take her helmet off, (laughs) that's literally all she did, right? Well, they're like, you're one of us now, bro. As it's also worth remembering are. that Bo-Katan is one of probably a very small group of people who actually knew, knew Force users and know about the Force and know that there's a, something out there that often guides things unseen. So It's true. Like I, That's a really good point because like honestly, I think the way – the context of Star Wars to us is – uh, we always see the stories with the Jedi, right? That's all we ever get. Like constantly, I complain about it. But yeah, in reality, I mean, we get, we had this conversation with Travis like two years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, is that the reality is Jedi most people in the Star Wars universe think Jedi are a myth. Yeah, think right. The Force is a myth, but you know? specifically the Force. Yeah, the Force be with you is like saying bless you to somebody. You don't actually think you're blessing somebody. Yeah. Like but, the force to to Jedi is this all encompassing energy thing. Also, Metachlorians. You know, well, it is or that. It's meta, or it's Metachlorians. <laughs> no, it can be both. It can be both. Really. Yeah, but I'm saying who it's in the eye of the beholder, and and Bo-Katan is now presented with this uh, dilemma on where on what side of the Mythosaur coin she's going to land on. There's yeah. obviously a, a big thing down there. Yeah, well, it's a freaking mythosaur. There's yeah. no it's, question you know, about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even if it isn't, I mean, that's what she is interpreting it as. So I loved, I loved how she tried to give Mando a chance to like confirm visual, like confirmation. You know, like, hey, you see anything down there? <laughs> no. Cool, cool. Yeah, me too. Let's go. See, I Let's read go. that as. She may be also thinking because um, depending on how much of the old expanded universe stuff they bring over, the Mandalorians were also fairly mystic and were people who had visions. So, especially the royal family, as the chosen ones, I'm wondering if maybe you know all this talk about her dead dad and the, the yeah. way the planet used to be. If she's also like, am I going crazy? But that's what I'm saying. I I think I think whether or not uh, she actually turns out to believe any of this, she is at peak level of susceptibility (laughs) for the armorer, right? And the armorer, oh man, how welcoming was that? She said, "This is the way. You're welcome to leave any time you want." That that much into that. What you did? Why are you never reading that much into that? It's too. I feel like it's too early. Early to your point, it's only been like ten minutes, right? That's exactly how you do it. Yeah, but that's how cults do it. Is you know they're like you're welcome to come and go until you build those relationships. I I took I took that response at the end of that episode as like her riding the train, getting on the train to see where it leads, but not necessarily. Full, you know, I don't. I don't think she's she's full on. 
but trusting these people. Yeah, she's so just doing it because it's fine. convenient. She doesn't have to. So here's she will. here's something I would like to see more. Like we haven't spent a lot of time with the cult, right? I would like to get a better sense of who is other than you know Din and the armor and Paz. Who else is joining this? Is it mostly younger, impressionable kids, or yeah, is it older mercenary Mandos? And you know, I think Bo-Katan has always been a character that's a pretty good BS detector. But so, is she though? Because as a I reminder, she followed Pox Visla for a long time. Yeah, I want yeah. to remind you, Bo-Katan was a bad guy when you first meet her in Clone Wars. But, but she that, was following him why... because she wanted revenge, and she yeah, and then yeah, she she learns her ways, and I don't know if she's going to be successful. Okay, Success, I'm not. I'm not saying same mistake she's again. Gonna, I'm not saying she's going to become a bad guy. I'm saying though, you're going to watch. Uh, like the paint by numbers uh, play of a cult. Yeah. You're going to watch every single step of the cult as they try to initiate her. I, I hope so. And I think I, well, yes, that's what I mean to say. I yeah. hope we're going to see that, but I feel like just what we got in those last few minutes of the episode was everything by the book. Everything was yeah. by the book yeah. of what, of what a cult would do. So I, for me, that was the most exciting part of the episode. Other than the, the sweet ass dogfight at the beginning yes. of the episode. <laughs> oh my god, that was so cool. Everything about it, it kind of reminded me of some of the better action sequences of uh, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. It was, yeah. I felt like it was above like so many Star there Wars. There was use of was gravity and around. atmosphere. Yeah. He flips yeah. the wing, does that crazy 180 turn. Oh my goodness. I mean, he does like a jumps out and drop. basically base jumps down to a the landing pad. Oh my God. That was so cool. Ah, <laughs> uh, I can't. Still, I, all right. Yeah. Better or, or worse than the, uh, the uh, space fight scene in uh, Andor with Luthen and his ship. Because that was also the Luthen one was badass. pretty damn good, yeah. but I felt like this one was so freaking niche, though. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I was watching things that I've never seen in Star Wars. I'm getting better with the fight scenes. A lot of the the ships or whatnot, but I also like the they're they're making the Tie Fighters a threat again. You know, for the longest time they're kind of just like fodder. Yeah. Well, but those are interceptors. Interceptors I mean, yeah. are way, way but more tie, dangerous. Tie fighters yeah. in general become more and more of a threat over the past. God, interceptors shows. in the old X Wing game. Fuck yeah, those but to but to see like Mando <laughs> yeah. like see ten pop up on his radar is like, yo, Bo, you gotta we're done. Like, and you know, I and that, that being like a yeah. that's some real shit right there. It's not yeah. gung ho, take them all out, Chewy. It's like, oh no, we're gonna live. We gotta go. It was an I excellent. It was an excellent opening to the episode, and so much so that I actually thought when I misread the title of the episode, I thought the title was The Convert, or The Covert, sorry, The Covert. Uh, and then it wasn't until the next scene started that I realized, I think I misread the title of this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, when I read it back and I was like, oh, it's The Convert. Okay, I get it. Um I, we should probably talk about this part of the episode. Uh, uh, all right. Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I watch every episode of The Mandalorian always twice uh, before I do the show. I also go and watch other things that help 
you know, re refresh my memory of stuff. Uh, I don't want to tell you how much Mandalorian I watched today, but it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot of Mandalorian. Um, this episode, the middle section of it that deals with Dr. Pershing and comms officer Elia Kane. Who yes, who is never, ISB, we never right? had. What's that? I mean, she's clearly ISB, right? Or former. She didn't, she didn't talk in, in Mando season two, did she? She did talk in she every did. in every scene she ever was in in Mando. Uh, turns out uh, she's actually really the only person that ever talks to Gideon outside of Din. Uh, she is kind of that. That's her role. She's the direct report to Moff Gideon. She's in four, four episodes of of uh, The Mandalorian season two. Um, and uh, she's actually in the finale of the season along with Dr. Pershing, that's where he gets his ear shot by Cara Dune. Right. Uh, it was a really cool scene to rewatch that again. I kind of forgot what it was. Um, but the thing with her that I thought was really funny, the first time I saw this episode la- uh, yesterday, it made me remember Frank because Frank actually was the one who did our first show that had uh, this comms officer in it. And he got really excited, and we both did, because back then I used to look up every single person who played anything, because they were usually somebody that was more, you know, like yeah. it was like like the two guys in, in the last episode of season two uh, that are piloting Dr. Pershing, they're actually famous voice actor, voice characters from the Clone Wars and Rebels shows and stuff like, you know, so it was always fun to look that up. So when I saw this comms officer that had lines, uh, you know, in the first, in I think episode 12, of or chapter 12 i was like who is this and i looked her up and frank also was really excited because she katie o'brien uh plays eli kane she is from um the show that frank was really excited about called z nation and she's actually a martial artist she's she's a big she's a big she's a buff lady man she's pretty big um and you and i have recently seen her in ant-man and the wasp quantum mania Um, she had a bigger role. I couldn't tell you her name because I didn't give a crap about that character. Quantum she's, the, uh, she's the leader of the Rebel Alliance against Genora or something like that. I don't know. I hated that it was just a Star Wars ripoff that movie. Um, in any case, uh, she's she's it, we Frank and I thought it was weird that this person who you know is like a main character in this other TV show was down to clown and do she had like one line pretty much in each episode of the Mandalorian that she's in. She would basically just go say Moff Gideon, blah, blah, blah. And then he would just cl- ham it up. There's a lot of people are down to clown with he would a, ham a it Star up. Wars camera. But it, it felt cameo. weird. It felt weird. Right. And this felt like the justification for all of that. Right. Is that, okay, there was plans for this character. Um, and that's really cool. Like I really dug that. And so, I was having a really fun time watching this first episode with her, or I mean this new this new episode with her the first time, because I was like, yeah, this is the character that we kept wondering, what's her deal? What's her deal? Like she we never see her die when, you know, when they raid the ship at the end and save Grogu and all that or get the light darksaber and all that stuff. So we're like, what's going on with her? And I really enjoyed having that feeling again in this episode, which is like, what is going on here? You know? And so me watching this show yesterday 
I was having a blast. Me rewatching the show today, I was just like, can we be done with this part? Can we be done with this part? <laughs> and that's the problem with the, that 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 storyline, right? Is it's a one trick pony. And once you know it, you're, you kind of can't help but feel gross about it the second time you watch it. It I mean, also depends oh. on where they go with it, right? Like I said, I don't – it may end up being useful and important, right? But it depends on where it's going. Well, it's definitely important. So here – so, I mean, are we throwing out theories? Yeah. I think – Because I got, I got was, a crazy-ass one, so. I mean, the, the show was not subtle. They – they do mention Moff Gideon, right? Se- yeah. Like several times. And they also mention conflicting reports that are different from what the reports we got in the first episode of the season were about what happened to Moff Gideon. Now it's possible that Moff Gideon either uh, got away from his incarceration or he got mind flayed. We like, you know, it's, no. it's so up in the air. Like people don't even know. I don't think it's a coincidence that that was mentioned in the same episode that his literal right-hand person from the second season was doing the job of setting this guy who has incredibly valuable knowledge and as far as we could tell was making Snoke clones, right? That's yeah. that's what we theorized yeah. last time around, right? Is that yeah, he's making, no, he, 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 was, he's, he was making Snoke he's, clones. He's, he's, making he's, the, he's making the thing that's going to lead to... Yeah. He's either making Snoke's or Palpatine's, and and the idea was he's like tying really this into, into eugenics. Like, yeah, well, I mean, he's definitely doing eugenics. That's not even questionable. <laughs> he like, described it exactly. He literally <laughs> described <laughs> eugenics <laughs> from everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. So um, who uh, who is Kane working for then? I think she's think? working for Gideon. I think she's I, working for Thrawn. I, for what? Yeah. Thrawn. Thrawn. We know Thrawn is coming. Thrawn is smart and resourceful and would absolutely use the best people of his. And if she did what she did to uh, Pershing to Gideon, if she's the one who mind flayed him, then Thrawn could have set her basically cleaning up those things and getting what's useful. But I think she is the the way that we get the build up to uh, Ahsoka and, and Thrawn. Because we know that's coming, um, and, and if not, nice I'm look. a little bit worried. Because why are we bringing Gideon back when we know we're also getting this other stuff? But are we well, getting Thrawn as a villain for the Mando? Is the question? I know, and that's well, the other thing is I, this had the feel of a little bit of a backdoor pilot, which they've done before. And if that's what it is, that I'm going to be pissed. There is. It came back for bro. I think it's a Vanity Fair, but. There is a Mando Super Show, Mando and Friends Super Show. On yeah, event. they're doing the crossover. Some, some, I did say they were going to do an Avengers. I did say it. So, if you're planting the seeds for a, a, in my mind, I'm with you, Brian. Thrawn's the the, the big bad in that. And you bring back everybody, Vermic the Rebels people, and you do one big, you know, beat them up. But well, if you're planting they've those, cast all those roles already, right? Yeah, they've got a Sabine, they've got an Ezra. So, yeah, um, sure. You know, like, I do I think that's cool? I think it's about as cool as Luke Skywalker saving Mando and his badass crew uh, when they didn't when when they earned the right to save themselves. Uh, I think but, it's. But I my point is, is why do you need why would you have both a Gideon and a Thrawn? 
right? I think right, and that's what I'm saying. I'd rather have a Gideon because a Gideon is the established actual villain. Uh, of, really? Of, I'd rather have Mandalore. a Thrawn because Thrawn, when written well, is so much more of an interesting character. The Star Wars people would rather have a Thrawn. No, I think the Star Wars people would rather have a Thrawn, and that's why I believe you're right. Um, but I'm saying I would rather have a Gideon because I like Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. Uh, and I like what he does with the role. Like I said, I watched a, sh- a, a crap ton of Mandalorian today. I watched every episode that Gideon was in from season two, uh, to uh, at least the scenes with Gideon in it. And I was like, damn, I forgot how good this guy is at yeah. just being a super mustache, mustache twirler. He's so mustache twirly. I love him for that. I love him because like I wa- that's why I want to believe the armor is the big villain because he's such the obvious villain, you know what I right. mean? Like, and you got to have a subtle one too. And so like, I feel like having Thrawn, is just another obvious villain. You know what I mean? Like it's not Thrawn. There's no subtlety to Thrawn either. There is subtlety to Thrawn though. He looks evil. The second you see the guy, Yeah, he looked, but that's I mean, the that's whole point of, is he looks like racist. a demon. Yeah, but he, he is. is. <laughs> and he looks evil the same way. Cad Bane pragmatic. looks evil the second and you if see he, Cad Bane. Yeah, but if he hadn't been, you know, he looks like a cowboy. Loyal, then he, he would like have probably cowboy. joined the the Republic in the you know, but yeah. Mm-hmm. It's he's it's not fine. just I'm he's not... not just like evil for evil's sake, mm-hmm. right? But he's not not evil for evil's sake. <laughs> yeah, he comes... he's Machiavellian, right? He is... yes. That generally is is considered to be evil, right? Right, but, but... he's not like I'm going to murder these puppies just because. Look. I'm agreeing with you. You guys yeah. are probably right. He's, he, I mean, tech, if you're going by Brian's theory, he murdered the eugenics guy. Like this That's show, pretty well, big, he didn't murder him. Yeah, he, he, made, but he, didn't, he didn't get murdered. That he guy took out the eugenics guy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, but, but not that's, before that's, getting an inventory of everything he needs to restart the cloning work. Correct. True. But to that point, that's what I really liked about this episode was they're really getting into the the flaws of the new republic you know the grit the rust i th- i think the... this show yeah i think this show is doing the things that andor and rogue one and and i will say it i know it's an unpopular opinion the last jedi did which is all three of those stories actually t- touched on the ugly truths of war right because yeah. like war in previous star wars was just like you blow up the Death Star and now everybody's Whoa. happy. Yeah. You can uh, you can add yeah. solo to that too. Sure, sure. But like the reality <laughs> is the reality is like, you know, what what do we see in this? We saw the rich always win. Yep. Like they don't even care which side yeah. they're on, as long as they're winning, right? Uh you you give amnesty to the, those who are of value, even if they're Nazis. Right, and that's true. That's and that has fully true. In history. Let's yeah, that's the operation. That's actual clip. history, and and the whoever's the new people in charge, uh, they become the lawmakers and they make arbitrary laws. They might sound like they make sense to some people, but to other people, they just don't make sense, and you just have to accept new laws, new people, new new government comes with new laws, and you just don't get to know. And I feel like the Coruscant Accords was a cool like little explanation for why oh no you're not allowed to practice cloning i'm like i mean (laughs) even to save your mom yeah yeah right like that's you're really splitting hairs here like there's so many other shady things you guys have done and but like you're gonna draw the line of cloning like 
I don't know, and, dude. And can we also appreciate the Mon Calamari uh, medical guy who... <laughs> I did it to myself. It was quite nice. <laughs> yeah. I think they made it. It's a trap reference they to one did. of the They did. He yelled it's a trap at him, and the, and the Mon Cal just looked at him like, the hell are you talking about? Yes. Yes. That was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, no. Were you going to say more on the subject, Ricky, about like the ugliness of the, the war stuff? Like, and how... Yeah, I mean, I, I to your point, I think it, it 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 does the same things that Andor does, with just highlight the the nuances of it. It's one thing to say like, oh, the rebellion's not not okay either, but they they really get into it like like why are we destroying all these files that could help people? That's what we gotta do. You just gotta do it, and you start you really start seeing the cracks. And I think in terms of good storytelling, it 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 makes sense, right? It's Oh yeah, I think I kind of agree with them. Like, yeah, we sh- we shouldn't destroy those archives on how to save these things, or we shouldn't practice, or maybe we should practice cloning to to get organs or or whatnots. And it, you know, they're they're playing with that that gray area in in a way that I enjoy. Yeah, um, yeah. I I think we're all in agreement. I think when I was checking our notes, we were all in agreement that that was the coolest part of this episode. Besides the dogfight and Bo Katan, <laughs> um, I don't think I, we're. I, I, don't I just think we're had disagree- a, a midichlorian thought for later too. So, okay, save it for later. I will save it for later. Um, I will. I do have some dumb stuff that I want to talk about, like <laughs> like because this is light side, dark side, and sometimes there are dark side moments, things that kind of rub me the wrong way, and I do want to get them out there because, uh, like I said earlier, like. Or maybe I didn't say that while we were recording, but um, do I think this episode was good? Yes. Do I think it was as good as I wanted it to be? No. Um, and here's a here's a few reasons. Uh, well, here's one reason, but a few examples rather. There was some dumb logic in this episode, guys. Like there was, there was some dumbditudes, man. It was hurting me. Uh, first off, I was willing to accept the plot convenience of. Bo just forgetting to ever take her helmet off. Like, it's a stretch. It's a stretch considering how often we saw Katie Sackhoff's face in every episode of the Mando she's ever been in until this one. It was, it just didn't make sense. Like, she's, she even made a joke about it. She's like, I'd offer you dinner, but I'm pretty sure you're not going to take that helmet off. You know, like, why, why did you not take the helmet off, Bo? I don't, but, Fine. Okay. One. That's one. I I was willing to let the one go. Right. It's just one. It's one matter of plot convenience. Okay. Fine. Right. Dude, how did Doctor Pershing get as far as he did with comms officer Elia Kane? And by far, I mean forty-one minutes into the episode, before ever knowing her name. <laughs> That seems what? like it was a post hoc edit. We're like, oh shit. Well, well, he knew her number, right? Dude, they're not also, numbers. They're names. Really but they're, each other by she numbers. knew his name. I, well, she knew his name and what he did. I think that's why you do the numbers to keep 
But I mean, some, to your an, point, an Ricky, or, yeah. about the New Republic being just as sketchy as the Empire, making people refer to themselves as numbers, that's it's never dumb. something a good government it's, does. Yeah, no, it's dumb. I mean, it's they're, dumb. They're, they're former Nazis, or, I mean... I'm... No, the, the New Republic are not former Nazis. That's what I'm saying. No, but they're giving the former Nazis numbers. I'm not... Yeah, that's but, not good. That's, that's not, not good. a good look either. <laughs> that's a horrible no, look, Ricky. So... That's... <laughs> That it just come on, guys. It made no freaking sense that she was introducing herself to him when they're already on the Star Destroyer. Uh, that just it hurt. I my thought brain. it was on the train. Was it on the Star Destroyer? No, it's it on, was the, on the, the thing. Yeah, the yeah, it's on the Star Destroyer. That's right. The train was mostly Pershing being uncomfortable around aliens. <laughs> yeah, sure, because of his eugenics background, for sure. Um, <laughs> And then there was one last one that just really, just really, really hurt me too. Okay, look, if you're the guy in charge of mind flaying, <laughs> it's not a mind flare. And you're hanging out in the mind flaying control room, and then you turn the you turn the dial and you set it to medium or low, whatever, and then you say, "Hey, I'm gonna get out of here. Yeah. You want to go? You want to go?" She's like, "No, yeah, I put on a reheat." I kind of want to stay. I want to hang think, out in the MRI room. I think what happens then is, is, is the guy in charge of mind flaying should say, all right, fine. I'll stay too because it's my freaking job. You do not leave a person <laughs> unattended while getting their mind erased. That just seems like the most like they're not even a droid. They don't even have a droid to supervise that. They have a droid for everything. It's like the Flintstones on this freaking universe with the droids. Like every single droid. No, the Flintstones is what I'm saying. Like every every freaking like menial task ever is a dinosaur. Yeah. Like in that show. The dino the Jetsons just have like a robot, you know, like they don't have like a bunch of them. And assembly uh, lines. Yeah. Yeah, and assembly lines. Uh, so speaking of the droid. What the hell was that thing? You mean the ticket taker? Uh, no, no, no. The taxi droid. Oh, what, I don't know. What? Are we he meant was... to intuit that the the droids in the Star Wars universe go to museums and botanical gardens? Well, and they're I think it's like a tour guide droid. There's... Oh, we we've already. Yeah, but he was like, I personally enjoy. Like... You're yeah, the one like, who it, brought it, up Solo, and it's I don't comforting. like to talk about Solo. Because it makes things really uncomfortable with yes. my understanding of droids. When are we going to get our droid uprising Star Wars? Because Dude. how much longer can they dance around the issue with droids, which is they're sentient, they well, can feel uh, pain. As a, I mean, we've danced around it for as long as Han Solo took to get as old as Harrison Ford, which is a damn long time. So. Yeah. Post new order is what or first order is what I'm saying. You're not getting your uprising in Mando. No. You get it later, apparently. Yeah. Um that so so for me, those three things just compounded the dumbness of and the contrivances that were required for the story to play out. And I was just like, guys, this could have been a little smarter. Like like I don't know. I I, I don't like Mando see... for that because it's always been kind of a classy uh, steakhouse version of the uh, 1980s uh, action 
hamburger, right? It's <laughs> the action it's hamburger. meant to be cheap. I mean, look at the what a big metaphor. It's not. Yeah, it's just a. It's a one and done. Right. I've scugged off a bunch of Imperials in my time. I mean, you know. Just, it's it's the McRib. You enjoy it while it's here. You, you, you say don't go back. everything's you the McRib, You don't go back Ricky. for a second. You literally you say everything's the McRib. How but many episodes of Dead Excelsior have you The first, the first bites of a McRib are pretty good. Ricky, you know what <laughs> happens? That's, that's my analogy. The I feel like, like the, all your analogies tell me something very truthful about you. Bro, you're hungry and you need to eat before you record the show with I, me. But not last ribs. week was There's all about the peanut, last week was the peanut butter. You're just yeah. like I need some peanut butter bad. I bet you ate peanut butter right after the show too. No, no peanut butter. <laughs> I wish. Okay, it's fine. I just had to get it out of the way, guys. I just had to like put yeah, that I, out there. You can defend it all you want, whatever. It just for not me defending it, it. I'm just saying this show has always been a bit of a shaggy dog show when it comes to some of these things. And, and, you know, it, it benefits it sometimes because then you can just throw away character like Cara Dune in a single line. Yeah, <laughs> and people yeah. are like, yeah, all right. Got to play a little loosey-goosey sometimes. To Fair enough. But I didn't the... feel the logic of throwing away Cara Dune was badly written. I yeah. just thought it was a necessary evil. Uh, you I mean, know, if, like... yeah, if we'll... If, if the real life stuff with yeah. yeah with the real life stuff with her had they just written her off for that reason and that was the line you'd be pretty upset yes had they written off if they written her off for no reason but but like I said I watched a ton of Mando today and oh my god rewatching it the fire in my heart was reignited for Cara Dune. And it makes me oh, so sad. Man. It makes me so sad that we don't have that character because she is so badass on this show. And it was just killing me watching her be so cool in the in second in the second season and knowing that she had to be written off because of stuff that happened outside of this show. I'm I'm um, wondering if uh Katie Sackhoff isn't getting some of her plot lines or, or interactions now as I Bo think Katan. I think their plans, they had very specific plans for Katie Sackhoff in general anyways. Yeah. They didn't have to run into uh, uh, Cara Dunes. I think Cara Dune was supposed to get her own show. Is yeah, what yeah, was gonna happen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think Katie Sackhoff belongs on The Mandalorian as much as Din Djarin does. Yeah. So like, I, I, mean, I would even be okay with Din dying one day so that Katie Sackhoff can just continue the show. Because let's be real, she's the better Mandalorian than him. Like she's, she's also a more interesting character right now. She is. She is a more interesting character. That's kind of my other problem with this the, this episode, right? Is um, so he bathed in the waters. Mission complete for the season. Like what? What? What is his point now? What is We're his objective? Through plot like he's going to start start a holy war. That's, <laughs> that's... again against who? Uh, like, against against the the non-believers which is who in this case most of the mandalorians are dead i, I, I saw a trailer and there were the, there was like at least 10 of them do you really <laughs> believe that he's going to start a holy war ricky i think there will be a holy war in this season I, well he started i don't think mando starts it Paz Visla is my uh, my money for a guy that makes a real bad decision in an legit, upcoming episode legit do you know how okay by the way I'm going to get back on the, the awesome train of this of this show. Do you know how hilariously cool it is that like you can just 
look at a Mandalorian who's completely covered and know they're pissed off. Like when when they when the when the armorer says, nah, yeah, you bathed in the waters, so you didn't take your helmet off, you both are in. You're good Fine. to go. And everybody's <laughs> cheering, and then it the camera deliberately cuts to Pazmisla, just giving this look behind the helmet. It's just like these bitches. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God. I just love seeing the anger come through <laughs> the armor. It's so hilarious. It cracks me up. Pazvisla is going to lead your uprising for sure. He yeah, is, I, I, he is I not hope he gets it. it good by the end of the season. <laughs> I will be eaten by the bullshit minister. and kill the armorer, and then I'm robbed of my supervillain. You know what I mean? Like that's. No, I, I like Ricky. I think he gets eaten by a mythosaur. That would. Be I nice. saw a, a theory about the armorer who she was the Darth Maul Mando lady. She could be. Oh, uh, Asajj Ventress. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh. There's actual uh, when Darth Maul, because as a reminder, in the Clone Wars, which gets bonkers, yeah. uh, Darth Maul actually took over the Mandalorians. Right. Um, was it in the Clone Wars or was it in Rebels? It was, it was in the Clone Wars. Wars. Remember, what? he was dead in Rebels and he came back. No, yeah, he's alive in Rebels. Right, right, like, but he was assumed dead. Yeah, and he, he, they found he him dies in the trash in, planet. He's, he's in several seasons the, of Rebels. The yeah, yeah, Mole Mandalorians are in Clone Wars. That's for but, sure. But so yeah, yeah. So when he gets when he takes over the Mandalorian people, they actually adopt like a look that's kind of like you know uh, an homage to the Zabrak alien race. So they have Mandalorian armor with the spikes on their on their helmets and stuff like that. And there is a woman, if I remember correctly, that that is like the second in command or something like that. Yeah, something like that. That'd be interesting. I don't see it. I don't see it though. Yeah, but uh, who knows? They Filoni wants to tie everything to everything. (laughs) So, like, basically, every time I say "nah, dog," they do it. They do it. So, (laughs) the the brand synergy, the show. That's why I think you're right, and I think Thrawn will be in the show because I don't want it. And, and so then two weeks later, Thrawn will be at uh, Disneyland. You can take a picture with him, and, and you know. Hey, man, we had this keep argument going. We He's had this just argument show up two years. Giancarlo Esposito in blue paint with red <laughs> two years ago. Lenses. We had this argument. He's, he's really the Thrawn. You know, we we when we sat there with Travis, and he's like, "Who do you think's going to come to answer the call from from Grogu?" He's uh, like, "I think it's going to be Luke," and I'm like. That's stupid. I was like, it should not be Luke. He's like, who else is it gonna be? And I'm like, anybody else, anybody. And it's, it could only have been Luke. It could only have been him. It could not only have been Luke. I listed. Yeah, there's a of lot people of people. Who, it could have been. Yes, it could have been a lot of people. They just they wanted it to be Luke, and that's fine. I get it. I see. I understand the train that we're on, and I'm riding it, so I'm not gonna complain too much. But you gotta let me have my moments every now and then where I do. Um, do you guys have any other big ticket items that sh- we should talk about, or do you want to get into the midichlorians? Where, what's, what, give me the two sentence plot of next episode. Oh, man, you're, I'm damn, damned if I know, dude. Like, I guess it's, I guess it's like a day in the life of grief cargo. I, I think it's a day in the life of, of a cult member. I it's think that's stealth, what I, uh, Boba Fett episode. we'll find the ID11 like chip. I would like it to be an all cult episode, just where you really get to see how nutballs these guys are. From Bo Katan's perspective, and she's just like 
what the fuck? Yeah. I would like both Tom to actually figure out, like, ask somebody, so how do we eat? Like, I want, I want her to ask that <laughs> yeah, question. Off their mask. Yes, off their he, we know that, but she is legit concerned about how you're supposed to eat with the mask on. That's what I'm thinking. They hand her a uh, straw. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah, I think I think probably a cult episode, but because I don't think we'll do another another uh, you know interlude right right now. Uh, oh, God, but I, I will tell you, we're getting damn close to needing a Bill Burr on this show. That's gonna Is save he it. In the season? No, but bro, if he's not in this season, what it, what are we doing? What are we or doing? Or another here? guest star of the same? Yeah. I feel like he'll pop up in the other thing, the bro, the, the skeleton crew, whatever that show. He is, is one of Mando's Mando's guys, dude. I don't want to. I don't want to season a Mando that doesn't have Bill Burr. I mean, if I'm fighting a holy war, I gotta get Bill Burr. So I want. I want your holy war to be a thing so bad now, just because it sounds so ridiculous. But sure, it is right. Cool. Like who would have thought when Mando season three. Or from Mando season one, like they're gonna get, they're gonna get in some cult shit in the by season I'm, three. I mean, I thought they were gonna get into cult, some cult shit. That's I think what that's I'd, really cool though. I mean, remember I've been what? saying that for years. That's I why don't we think did they this get show. Too deep into the cult shit, just because you know that has some weird stuff for the fan base that loves Grogu. Now Grogu's in this cult. That's real See, creepy. That's, that's what that's where my mind's going on. Where does Grogu fit in all this? I I, I think I, can... I think that he does not take down this cult before Grogu gets a helmet. <laughs> I think I, I want I... to see that kid in a Mando helmet. I need to see With it. With a jetpack. Yes. Maybe, maybe the way maybe I see there. it is uh Grogu's gonna calm the Mythosaur. And then maybe. a Mando will, will ride it, right? Calm calm it down with the Probably, but and... that's not next week. That's not next no. no, it's end of season. He's gonna talk though. He's Grogu, gonna knows. Grogu knows what went down. By the way, maybe what? What's he, up? Grogu definitely knows what went down with the Mythosaur. Yes. Oh yeah, he absolutely. When they were in the ship, thing. and Grogu like says like that little sentence, and they look at him. That was all about it. You don't remember that? I didn't realize he said something. He, he babbled. He, made, he babbled, but for like a good three four seconds you know what would be awesome is like if we ever got the comedic episode where it's just a it's a clip show of every time he ever babbled but it's translated (laughs) that would be amazing and it just adds all this new context to the shows that we never had before like he's like legit answering everything that they every question they ever have in the moment and even beyond that to them yeah. Palpatine's spirit has been inhabiting him for the last sp- season and a half. Nice, nice. <laughs> All right. The mythosaurs, nothing I think, besides the dark side. I think now that we're getting weird, it's time for the midichlorians. It's time. <laughs> it's time for that section of the show. You know, it's where we talk about the small stuff that has no impact on anything whatsoever. But for some reason, some people still think it's cool. Looking at you, Ricky. Um, I actually have a boatload of midichlorians for this episode but i kind of want to let you guys go first i want to hear what you guys got on your list brian what you got Uh, i mean i was going to talk about the weird stuff with the droids uh (laughs) the the ticket droids not the ticket no the 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 cab droid but just the idea that star wars droids continue to get stranger and have these 
inner lives well, that there are... was a droid with autism in Andor. I'm I'm beyond <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm beyond thinking they can get any weirder than that. All right. Like that's <laughs> like that was a whole new level of droid and I loved him. I loved yeah. him. He was excellent. But for how much longer can we do the, oh, droids are cute little things that are completely own property? Apparently we can do it forever. (laughs) Apparently we can. Outside of of the one character in uh, Solo. Yeah. You can tell about you. What about you? Once we'll issue, you know, a season. So the droids are coming. What's a what's a weird, meaningless thing that you enjoyed in this episode? I kind of like the the Coruscant Mountain Peak monument <laughs> i thought that was kind of cute right the whole i i do think it's weird that they refer to coruscant as a city though like it's a coruscant's a, a planet which but it's is a city-wide or planet-wide city planet-wide it's a city. planet city it's yeah, a planet pershing city. is listening to a thing that explains that at one yeah, point it is both it's a planet and a city okay it's like uh, if I, new york covered the whole planet yeah yeah i know i know it's that but I I I did think it was cute that they have like a little for several thousand for feet like, up for like the <laughs> this is the one piece of ground we got here. <laughs> and I then she think, tried to get him to touch it, which was pretty good. I too. But think that's pretty interesting that you brought that up and not the glowing popsicles. <laughs> space, space is the witch in space. Here's here's my question, the hot burning question. Is it the stick that's glowing or the contents of the popsicle? And if it's the contents, does that mean when they eat it, their bellies are glowing on the inside? And how long does the glow last? Yes. And does that mean their poop glows? (laughs) That's the real question. This is where we're going next episode. Yes. We're going to get an entire episode. (laughs) Coruscant sewage. And And you know what's messed up is if their poop does glow... Dr. Pershing is not going to have any memory of eating glowing shit. So he's just going to be like, what's wrong? I need to get to the doctor now. Well, I'm, oh I'm pretty God. sure his mind is gone yeah, now. They, uh, yeah. They overcooked him. Yeah. He <laughs> he's, definitely, uh... he's over, over, over hard. Right. Um, okay. Uh, any, any others you got? Cause I got a list of them here. I mean, I think there's a lot of old uh, EU uh, Easter eggs thrown into the all the corset stuff you mean like tongs days am i right oh jesus yeah 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 the fact that they're like we're gonna make the uh five day star wars calendar <laughs> you know what i thought was really funny about the tongs days episode is last week frank and i got into a really weird rabbit hole of arguing about uh the the canon of the mandalore the great or the first mandalore right. Uh, and I mentioned, or maybe in the soapbox, because I didn't get, I, I, I had to cut that conversation off because it was going to go forever. But uh, the old Star Wars EU uh, canon is uh, he was from a race of Tong. Right. That's, that's actually the race of the first Mandalorian um, guy. So I thought that was funny that they make a tiny little reference to that in Tong's days. Am I right? It's pretty funny. <laughs> And uh, what is the other one? Uh, Bindu's Day, which is that thing from Rebels. That's like, at the festival, right? No, no, that's Boonta Eve. There's also Bindu's Day, but Bindu is the uh, big Force-sensitive creature. Oh, yeah. Did they say Bindu in, in the... In I, I think what? so. That's what my subtitle said. 
Huh. Okay. That's pretty funny. I like that. I like that. Uh, it's on, on the topic of droids. Can we talk about these droid train guys, the ticket takers? Oh my god, dude! I kind of <laughs> loved the them. Job. Yeah, I kind of loved them, except I for wish the we had them on all the public like, transit. I, I didn't like that they walk like Michael Myers in Halloween, man. It's like <laughs> I mean, they're more Terminator esque, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure, either or, uh, six of one. Um, they were funny because, like, I did they call the cops or? Was it Eliot Kane that called the guy? Co- oh no, she or, that, she totally set him up because he definitely dialed some buttons on his chest when he was following these people. So what happened? I don't know. I don't understand. I feel like can can the next episode be the droid ticket taker guy goes home and we see we you see should his read day? from a certain point of view because this all this shit is like right up your alley. Have you yep. read that, Brian? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. This is you need to get on that. I I you can't wait like for them the, to, the to have some stories. new ones. When we get some right. real, real weird POV. I'm Babu Frick. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else? Anything other? Any other weird stuff? I do like the one about the mountain peak. That was pretty funny. I mean, um, basically all the stuff the uh, the droid cab driver did mention were like old expanded universe deep cuts, um, like creatures from like the Star Wars Galaxy game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good game. I like that game. I, I do like I do like any opportunity they get. They do try to bring EU in back into canon in small ways. You know, they're just trying to they're trying to keep it contained, right? Because I think that's the problem. Is like it got way out of control. Like because George Lucas signed off on too much stuff back in the day, and and so people have people have like fond memories of certain stories, but then other ones are just like. No, I never read that. I, I honestly, I've, I've always stayed away from it. I, I just tried really hard to stay away from the EU because, for me, if it wasn't it's always the movie, EU adjacent, I used to have my friends tell me the stories. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, if it wasn't the movies or the shows, I, it wasn't. It didn't count. It was ninety percent garbage and ten percent great, and I think Filoni has done a pretty good job, sort of lifting the the better stuff out, like the Night Sisters, or we'll see how Thrawn translates. I liked Thrawn in Rebels. He was cool in Rebels. Yeah, I do. To the, to the Galaxy point, though, I do how I do enjoy how they the games are not you know excluded from that. They do pick and pull from the games. Oh yeah, whether it be sure. just one off characters that you just fought or story beats. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. kind of nice. Yeah. All right, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up soon. This has been an absolute blast. Uh, but I gotta know before we go. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, one being, you know, uh, Luke showing up to save uh, a bunch of people that didn't need saving, and ten being episode three of The Last of Us. Uh, <laughs> where do you where do you put this episode at, at, on your on your scale, Brian? You want to go first? Uh, TBD. I I think it, it's impossible. Like all Taking the reservation. All the stuff with uh, Din and Bo-Katan looks like it's setting up something good, but the interlude in the middle with Pershing, it, we have to see where that goes. Give me your give me your optimistic score of this episode. Seven. 
I think the upside is seven, and the downside is like a two or a three. It could be real bad. <laughs> Come on, man. The dogfight was amazing. <laughs> yeah, right. That You get a point for that. You get a point for the end. I don't know if you get a point for the middle if it doesn't connect. Fair enough. I mean, at a minimum, it's going to connect to the old story, right? Because this is Maybe the Yoda's a clone of Baby, or it, real Yoda. Of, and it was of, all Pershing's fault. Well, yeah, but it's the conclusion <laughs> of of uh, Dr. Pershing's story, right? He's right. been in three seasons of this show, and his character has been kind of a piece of crap through the whole thing. Yeah. So he kind of, so I think like that's kind of like why I was saying it wasn't fun to rewatch that part of the show this time around. And it's because it's not supposed to be fun because you have to actually ask yourself, well, does this guy really deserve redemption? You know, like he's kind of gross. Like he, he, he decided he decided a lot of things were more important than than it or nothing was more important than the science is what I meant to say, you know? Well, so, I, so that struck me as weird here, right? They definitely had him be more sympathetic in this episode than in any of his previous ones, where he really was kind of this amoral, like psycho mad scientist. But haven't you seen stories like this before of Nazi, you know, war criminals that like are re- are are saved because of the valuable information they right. have? But like, For all but that, but that doesn't mean yeah. they're actually now good people, right? Like, it doesn't right. mean that they started believing different things. And so, I think he was definitely trying to convince himself through the whole episode. In fact, you even see him literally in the mirror say. This is for the good of the rebellion. He tries right. to convince himself before he goes and does something that's completely antithetical to what what you know he just said. Yeah. Um, so I I think at a minimum it is a conclusion to this character's story, and so I can't fault the episode for that. You know, like I I didn't ever think that character deserved you know the twenty or thirty minutes that he got in this episode. It was probably like twenty minutes actually. It was actually a pretty fast ride the second time I watched it. It was like, okay, well, we're back to Din and Bo by the end, so it's it's okay, whatever. But okay, fine. If you want to give it a two, if at its worst, that's fine. That's worse. your prerogative. That's fine. Uh, Ricky, what about you? I gave last week a 6.5, right? Yeah, because you're a jerk. What is, what is a 6.9? Not, not for the what joke. The what the hell? Not for the joke, but it's... I think I'm with Brian in the the TBD boat. You're not with Brian though, because Brian thinks this episode is it inherently worse than last week's. Yeah. Oh, I thought last week's was. Yeah. Oh no, last week was a seven or eight. Easy. I hate last the split week last week. Easily a seven or eight. Easily. It had practical it was, effects. That it was a creatures. fantastic episode that was only just shy of being beautiful, like the most beautiful episode I've seen in years. Yeah, R five being used as a stalking horse. Come on, right? I, I just—I mean, I, I mean, that's why I do the show with you, Ricky. That's what I got to tell myself every time. That's my therapy. That's my like, like to your plans, point. Like, will right? I go watch it again? No. Can I go watch this one again? No. And I think I think the ones that I do want to go watch again—that's that instant seven eight territory. Am I? Yeah. Again, but am I upset that I watch this episode? No. I I love the story. I I think they're going in cool places. But I'm good. I'm good till next week. You know, let's move on, you know. I'm going to give this episode a seven. I think I've justified my reasons why uh, through the whole episode. I've talked a lot. 
it's a seven for me. It's it's um it it was cool that we got comms officer uh Eliakine. We finally got a name to her. She was credited as, as comms officer for four episodes yeah, previously. They, they had to give her a name to give her a toy. Uh, so, so she's Eliakine. She will yep. get a toy. That's a that's for <laughs> a two pack. Sure. For she's getting a toy. Um, mind player. Yeah, Mind Flare. That's a deluxe Comic Con exclusive right there with the Mind Flare. <laughs> him strapped to the... <laughs> him strapped to the Mind Flare. Pretty colors. You got to add a double A battery. Um, yeah, it's a seven. I liked it. I like. I especially like the beginning and the end. Those were Chef's Kiss. Yeah. Um, so would you say it's a double down of Mando episodes? Both the uh, chicken <laughs> on the outside and just bacon and meat or cheese on the inside. See, I feel like you're trying to force what I named this episode. and Or going back to not, the food. It's not going to be food-based, Ricky. It's not. <laughs> it's not. All right. Uh, we will discuss that in the post in the post uh, uh, show. But uh, I think I just want to say thanks to Brian and to Ricky for you know coming on. And uh, thanks to our audience for tuning in. If you had fun, Please remember to like and subscribe. Uh, Brian, if you want, you can let people know where they can find you or what you got going on. Yeah, I don't really have anything right now, so. Okay, that's fair <laughs> enough. You don't even want to tell them where they can buy your game? Uh, Eclipse Phase, Transhuman Science Fiction, it's free. Creative Commons, so okay. Google it. Eclipse Phase. Well, there you go. If you like it, there give us go. money. There you go. That's how you get the money. I was like, how do you get the money <laughs> if you make it free? But yeah. there you go. All right, cool. I think we're going to end this one right now. Uh, so I just got to say, you have listened. And, and, and we, we have spoken. Have spoken. Have spoken.